Welcome to Fool's Guide to the Occult. I'm the Howling Beneath the Evening Light, and tonight we're going to be taking a look at lycanthropy. But before we begin, I would like to thank all of our Patreon supporters. You all rock, and I have some awesome stuff coming for you real soon. Uh, if you're not a Patreon supporter and you would like to help the show out, you can find the link in the description of the episode. I'd also like to say that the next full episode of Fool's Guide to the Occult will be coming at you on All Hallows' Eve, so stay tuned for that. But for now, let's turn our attention to the moon. As most of us are aware, Lycanthrope is a human with the ability to shift into a wolf. Historically, this meant literally turning into a wolf, more like True Blood or Hemlock Grove, rather than the modern human-wolf hybrid like we see in The Howling or Underworld and other such films. In most cases, the modern films and literature hold a strand in common with the myths and folklore of older times, this common thread being the curse of the werewolf. However, there are notable cases of lycanthropes uh, who choose the ability to transform and are able to change at will. But by and large, the curse of lycanthropy is far more common in literature, which indicates the individual could contract the curse by being bitten or scratched by such a creature and would then transform under the light of the next full moon. The belief in lycanthropy was, historically, a European phenomenon, though it spread to North America during the colonial era. In the New World, there was already a concept among the Navajo nation of evil witches called skinwalkers who were able to transform into all kinds of animals. Interestingly enough, uh, one would expect the reported number of supposed werewolf sightings to be relatively low and uniform across the region. However, of all the states in the United States, Wisconsin has the highest number of werewolf sightings with a staggering 200 reported supposed sightings since 1936. Uh, of course, the idea of humans transforming into creatures is uh, widespread across the world, but the specific act of lycanthropy seems to be uniquely European with the addition of Europe's problem child, the U.S. The werewolf sighting phenomenon seems to have peaked in Europe during the 1600s and then decreasing in frequency to the modern day. This all makes sense given the accusations of lycanthropy were deeply tied to the European witch hunts. These accusations were most frequent in Germany, Bavaria, Austria, and France. Hopping back in time a little further, classical Greek literature, uh, including the work of Pliny, Neri, Pomponius Mele, Pausanias, and the poet Virgil, and even some Christian authors like Augustus of Hippo, all wrote tales of lycanthropy. Some of these tales involve whole towns or tribes being transformed into wolves for a few days every year. Others recount individuals transformed into wolves after eating the human flesh of uh, individuals sacrificed to Zeus, and then were only restored to humanity nine to ten years later if they abstained from eating flesh of any kind while they were a wolf. More interestingly, in my opinion, are the stories of individuals who could turn themselves into wolves at will. There are accounts in both the classical and medieval periods of individuals transforming after ingesting combinations of herbs, and there are several stories from German folklore that indicate that being able to change into a wolf was a blessing rather than a curse. 
uh, and that such transformation could be induced through belts or other articles made from wolf pelts. Again, these transformations could take place uh, at the will of the bearer. Some of the telltale signs of lycanthropy were said to be a solid unibrow, long curly nails, and lots of swag. Uh, also, low-hanging ears, and I don't really get that one. High-pointy ears makes more sense. Uh, under the tongue of a werewolf in human form, there was said to be bristles, and if you were to cut open the skin of an accused werewolf, um, if they were indeed a werewolf, you would find fur beneath. Again, that is if they were in human form at the time. While being able to change um, at will into a wolf and then run wild at moonlight might sound pretty liberating, according to the lore, upon returning to human form, the individual would suffer a period of depression uh, and complete physical exhaustion. And speaking of exhaustion, the ancient Greeks believed this was one of the only cures for the curse. The victim would become, I guess, a double victim, when subjected to harsh, demanding physical labor to the point of complete exhaustion and collapse. This would be repeated until they were considered cured. Um, I don't know about you, but to me this sounds like a justification for short-term slavery. In mainland Europe, the plant Aconitum, otherwise known as monkshood or wolf's bane, could uh, cure an individual who was affected by a lycanthropy. Of course, those of you who are fans of plants that are far more than pretty looking uh, are aware that parts of the monkshood plant contain a potent neurotoxin and a cardiotoxin. Of course, uh, the Christian influences of the time suggested exorcism as well as a treatment. In Italy, there is a tradition of striking an individual in the head with a knife in order to cure them of this curse. I guess it's a cure for life in general. They also had a tradition of driving metal rods or nails through the hands as a cure for this condition. There are also some more fun cures, which I really love. Uh, simply in the German traditions, you could call someone by their Christian name three times. Uh, but even more fun is the Danish tradition, uh, where you could just scold a lycanthrope. Bad wolf, no donut. Go on, get. Apparently that was enough. In the world of modern medicine, there's a diagnosis known as clinical lycanthropy. In this condition, people either believe that they have been or are in the process of transforming into an animal of some kind or another. Uh, clinical lycanthropy covers all types of animal transformations, not just transforming into a wolf. Uh, there are two classical elements of this disorder, also sometimes seen as a form of psychosis, uh, the first is that the patient has some clear memory of being a wolf. In the second, the individual uh, behaves like an animal. So jumping about, howling like a wolf, scratching, biting, crawling around, and so forth. Uh, this form of psychosis is incredibly rare, or at least in reported uh, cases. And because of that, there are very few documented uh, cases of it. Because of this, very little is known about the mechanisms of the disorder, but it is assumed to be a delusion brought on by other conditions like schizophrenia, depression, bipolar disorder. And there's also this uh, subculture, I guess we'll say, called other kin. And uh, it's just a bit of a fun little sidetrack. There are a whole bunch of people out there who consider themselves other kin. That's to say people who believe they are not entirely human. 
sometimes uh, due to being reincarnated as a human from an animal state or through some kind of uh, genetic component. Though many academics consider other kin to be a religious belief or merely metaphorical, members of the Therian subcultures, considered by many to also be part of the other kin, claim that there is a neurobiological reason for this. And uh, some people within other kin communities consider themselves to be trans species. Contained within uh, what is now a subculture is a belief in multiple parallel dimensions, the existence of all kinds of creatures from uh, mythology, including demons, fairies, dragons, unicorns, and so forth. And furthermore, that someone can be one of these creatures while residing in human body. Some other kin claim that they actually shift into their creature form while in the astral plane, which could be incredibly useful if you're engaged in some sort of divination work. And there you have it, folks. Another creature of the night. And just in case you were curious, the next full moon is October 31st, which just so happens to be the date of our next full episode. So I hope you will all come back and join for a little boat ride down the river Styx. Until then, folks, I hope you'll take good old Ozzy Osbourne's advice and bark at the moon. <laughs>